0: Getting space, it's to the Melbourne fans, they know he's going to go for a run. As did well to give chase,
1: Will Bullen, oh, bullet. oh he got it back, that was what he intended right from the start and he's going to kick it, Cossey's got three, one of the great goals.
0: Sparrow, little slap, selfless, brilliant, Bridge finishes, Demons have
1: got 17 and lead by 67. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans by D's fans as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, In Brewing in Lillardale. My name is Tim Simo. How are you, mate? Five and O, oh, D's are absolutely flying. We've finally thrashed aside as you sent me that message on Saturday night at about whatever it was, 1 a.m. Where you were, what, how many beers deep, sitting at the Royal, well, sitting, standing at the Royal Hotel for your first experience. I but how did you delete that in? <laughs> how was your night? It sounds like, you, yeah, you must have had a pretty decent night uh, up and about after a, yeah, pretty amazing win to witness.
0: Yeah, it was good, mate. The biggest thing, because I didn't have a footy game on Saturday, so I was able to actually day drink and roll into the game, which was really cool, and to sit there with uh, the huge crowd of 20,000. Um <laughs> I think just the third quarter just spe- spoke for itself. It was just complete D's footy and obviously being able to smash the side for once, I thought that was really cool to see and, you know, we've been crying out for it and I think, you know, we've really put the league on notice, which it obviously already was but, yeah, to now put a team to the sword, which, you know, the Giants at the, on that day, you know, can really challenge, you know, the top eight side. So, great win um, heading into, you know, you know into the territory of 5-0 and now and you know, the last 12 in a row, Bowie's still undefeated. It's a great a great sort of uh, circumstance to take place. And, you know, it's, it's hard to think. I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, who's going to be our first loss? Who's going to, you know, who's going to be able to, you know, combat what we do and... Yeah, I, gee, I hope to go, but it's not Richmond. I tell you what, let's, let's just get the job done there. <laughs> they'll be they'll be absolutely
1: filthy after yeah after getting pretty oh, convincingly smacked by Adelaide. Exactly. I, I, exactly. I say smacked, even though the final margin doesn't quite show up. but it was uh, yeah pretty comprehensive there. But I think that's just the most impressive thing, and we've I think we've preached it this whole season is about finding different ways to win. And yeah, we saw probably a bit more of an offensive showing where our defence has been probably pretty much. You know the backbone of our game at the start of this season, and we might not have been kicking huge scores, but we're certainly limiting our opponents to being able to kick a winning score. And yeah, it would have been nice to yeah, it was great to see the floodgates open in that third quarter and watch the demolition that just occurred. When you know you think about it, at the 13 minutes, there's 13 minutes ago, and Giants had just kicked a goal. It might have been Bobby Hill just kicked a goal to be just 19 points down. And then at mm. the end of that quarter, <laughs> it's yeah, uh yeah, yeah. It's absolutely absolutely smashed. So no, it was a crazy game. I mean, I was watching from my phone out in uh, down in Warrnambool, camping with the family and trying to yeah trying to deal with the one one and well nearly one and a half year old. that's not didn't want to sleep in the tent, but it obviously it wasn't quite the same atmosphere as you. But pretty hotly contested game, and the first half of footy, it was uh, they were certainly matching us for contest and you know, getting into the ground balls and getting the inside fifties, they were well in, on top of that and clearances as well too. So it seemed like they certainly, you know, they were up for the fight. But uh yeah, the third quarter really just spelled the end of them. But can you talk us through the first half of footy? Was it frustrating for you like as a collective in amongst twenty thousand Ds fans? Was it frustrating for that, that first half or how how did you see that first part go along? Uh-huh.
0: It was very luck last time. Like, we obviously weren't playing our best, but still winning by two goals at halftime. I think the biggest thing, we just couldn't get our hands on the footy. So, that's basically what I
1: could see. um, There it is again. (laughs) Couldn't get our hands on the footy. It's becoming a catchphrase, isn't it?
0: Oh, and and I don't know why this constantly happens where we just get smacked clearance. I mean, you had the players like Tom Green really show his colours. And look, to be honest, Tom Green is an absolute star. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know up there with the Brownlow contention in years to come because he's a genuine jet. So yeah. yeah, they got their, they got a nice one there. And I think Josh Kelly was running right 20 at half time. I think he had, so he was getting off the chain. I think, yeah, just not going to be able to get a, get a hands on the footy, but the biggest thing was we were just able to take, you know, our opportunities with both hands as opposed to the Giants. I suppose that's why we had the lead. Um, but it also helps us kicking straight for once. I don't who likes to check the stats, but maybe half the games this year will kick more goals and points. So um, to be on the receiving end of that uh, goes a long way to um, to smashing a side and, you know, getting full reward on the scoreboard.
1: Absolutely. So if we have a quick overview of the game, so obviously that leaves us 5-0. We're sitting on top of the ladder, 155 0.9 percentage, so very healthy percentage there, which is always going to come in handy later down the track. Uh, you have got your ball winners, top ball winners. You got Oliver with 31, Track with 30, and Viney 27. Our goal kickers, Fritch bobbed up, got on the end of four. Pickett had his best offensive showing for the year with three, and I know he's going to be widely talked about uh, a lot this week in the media, I and mean, we've got plenty to talk about him as well too. Yeah, Gawney chipped in with a couple. Who we mentioned it becoming a pretty lethal forward threat down there, and I think he's enjoying his footy down there as well, so you can see that when he takes the mark at 50, uh, track with two, and then, well, a flurry of individual don't goal say. kickers. <laughs> Bowery, Jackson, Jordan, McDonald, A&B, Spargo, Vonnie, and Smith, no, that's not right, who did I mean to go there? Spargo, nah, fuck, what have I done? What have you done there? don't hmm. know, not Smith, I don't know who I've missed Look there, you. but that's all right. <laughs> anyway so yeah a lot of lot of a lot of even spread there which i which is pretty impressive and we're, we're definitely going to get that into later but as you mentioned a lot to like but before that i'm going to uh i quickly crack in oh of, uh, yeah got one hop, in. <laughs> hop in's brand new beer release which is their citric cold ipa really delicious uh for those of you that love a hazy ipa or Real hoppy flavors now. Simo, this takes me back to when you tried to do a bit of a beer recommendation on about <laughs> our second episode in that you're on, and uh, yeah, I was I was thinking about that to myself before, and I thought oh, I'll give them a bit of a plug. But no, absolutely fantastic. You can certainly find. I mean, I found these at celebrations in in Seville, but you can find them at all good bottle shops, or you can definitely head down to the brewery down in Lludal. But definitely, uh, definitely one of their best. Uh, I do love a a hazy or a really hoppy. Uh, IPA, you can't have too many of them because you'll end up on the floor, but no fantastic work by Mike and Jody and the crew down there, yeah for those of you, it's a little bit of a plug to our amazing sponsors, Hop Him but as we said, lots to like about the game and we're going to talk about all the positives in our next segment, credit to the boys back into the game, so uh, it's real credit to the boys and- um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front and I thought we did that all day So, we want to play our way Go after the voice All right, Simo. Well, lots to love, as we mentioned. You know, 67 point win. It's always going to look pretty good on the scoreboard, and D's fans are going to walk away very happy. But a few things that we've certainly highlighted that we want to have a chat about. And I think the first thing, and common theme, and we know that it's the, you know, it epitomizes what the D's play for. We know it's their strength, it's what they base their game plan around. But our defense, I think. Was outstanding as great as the offensive third quarter was it all stemmed from the defense and i think that in that first half especially in that first quarter when we were kind of yeah behind on clearances behind on inside 50s behind and contested ball as we do we're just able to sit back and absorb it all and that came down to like that whole defensive unit and we had a couple of faces that are starting to creep their way back in there but i just thought that the way that the giants weren't able to get really anything going inside I think for the end, the, looked at it. They what was it? Four kicks, sorry, four marks inside fifty, uh, for the entire game. So not even just the first quarter. They they averaged nearly ten. Now I'm not sure where that sits in in the space of where they rank in the league for that, but it just shows how stingy our defence was. And I mean Stephen May. I don't know about you, that that for me was he was just absolutely unreal. Like he. Is he? He's like a fine wine. He's getting better with age. Every game he seems to play and get underneath him. He just seems to amaze and amaze. And it was great to see him get that standing ovation in the third quarter as well too. But just loved his desperation. We know that he's the general back there. He's got his. He's got his kind of, say, sidekick in, in Rick Lever. But he's got that units now getting back to what it was at the end of last year. He is just uh, doesn't cease to amaze me about. What he can do with the ball, whether it's flying intercepts, taking marks from one-on-one contests, just the pure brute strength that he can just outmark and out, you know, outstrength his opponent. Uh, playing against obviously the the man that he was uh, traded for, and essentially you know playing against Hogan. But uh, that first quarter, he just sort of set the tone. Twelve touches, kicking it at a, you know 92% efficiency in terms of like all of his ball use for the entire game. Is running at a very high clip there. And he also had the six marks, five tackles, and eight intercepts. So there was some huge moments that he just had and was really set the tone from the beginning of the game. And uh, yeah, the rest of that, the rest of that defensive unit would just sort of followed in his stead, as as they they're known to do from now on. But yeah, what did you think of the defense, mate? Because I thought yeah, it's, we talked about how good it was against Port, but this was this is a little bit different, I think.
0: Well, we know Giants are pretty. They're pretty attacking in the way they play their footy. To keep into seven goals for a game, it's again just a complete label of the team defense mantra which we adopt, and you can see it clearly. You know, sometimes our offensive game isn't hugely strong, but you know, we know our defensive game is very, very sound. I love how you said amazed, um a couple of times <laughs> there. Uh, nice little, no, I should have man.
1: worked that into the episode. You should, have. oh, I'm you could. In. I could. I've already done it all. (laughs) I've already done it all. (laughs) Uh, One up your sleeve. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get a lot of that from Maisie
0: across the year. And especially with, you know, with Petty and and Lever back in the last couple of weeks, you know, that really does free him up to go for those marks and intercept and, you know, really crunch the contest. And I think he was completely outstanding. Gave Hogan a bath. And as you said, you know, it's pretty much what we got in the trade for Hogan. So to be able to get Maisie um, as part of that, it's pretty amazing considering. It's pretty crazy, actually, come to think of it. When May's, you know, didn't really come to, to the club, you know, the best Nick, and um, to see him having froffies and stuff and doing that stuff, you know, don't mind, don't mind having a beer and whatever. But um, for what he's come to now, and you know, the leadership he shows, it's it's amazing, and you know, can only set us up, especially from the back, because he can see the whole ground, and um, you know, really adopts that team defence, which is completely amazing to see, and you know, that goes across to our next. Huge point is, you know, just the selfless acts.
1: Before you, before you go on to that, I just, there's one more mm. thing I wanted to pick. So you talked about Petty, and I know we might chat about him a little bit later, but in the post-game interview, I thought it was really interesting that uh, from the defensive coach or, you know, the coaching group sets them a target or they've kind of agreed on a target is they, they believe that if they want to limit teams to scoring 15 points a quarter, you know, like... Nine, 99% of the time, you're going to be winning games. And I thought that was an interesting point. Like, if, if that's the sort of mindset that they're trying to do, saying, right, okay, 15 points a quarter, you know, that's 60 points a game. And, yeah, you're sort of looking at that seven goals, roughly, Mark, you, they're pretty much on point with that. And with with that back 6 that it's been, you know, very much, uh, yeah, been very fluid and very evolving this year, given the injuries that we've got. It's still still amazing to think that you can have somebody come into the system who knows and adopts it, and they just perform so well as a unit that they can all carry out, and they've, they've all got the same mindset. They're all achieving the same goal. So, no, I thought that was huge. The, the other thing I wanted to point out, too, is that you, uh, GWS have the second highest kicking efficiency of any team this year, running at nearly 70%. But we managed to keep them down to 38% kicking four to center. So they really were indecisive. And we talked about how hard it was for them to actually find a target inside 50. There goes that because they're really second guessing themselves. They don't want to put the ball up just long and high because it just gets picked off by our interceptors or it gets spoiled. So yeah, again, credit, credit to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And look, to be go to go
0: on with that, mate, it's, yeah. You know, one thing I really noticed being at the ground too is we clog up the, the centre. So the only way to get around us is by going wide. And you saw, you know, a lot of their players, especially, you know, like Whitfields had a lot early because all they're doing is chipping around to try and find an avenue to goal. But obviously they're trying to make the long road. But then, you know, once they do get that forward or centre kick, we're completely set up and able to repel as well. So... Yeah, which again, I think just having that selfless act as a team, and look, I'm happy to, uh, we're happy to go across the second one. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. Um, the biggest thing that really stood out for me was Tommy Sparrow's effort on the wing. You know, charged from, I think he started around the wing, sort of halfback area where he got a handball in the middle, just charged up the guts just to follow along from the Spargo kicking inside, which led to him, you know, a ball in dispute from a spoiled, and to get that Wayne Harms like tap the free was, <laughs> You know, and, and do you know what was awesome really to really see it was too the, the boys just so excited for Sparrow. I mean, obviously you know, yeah. well done for Frida kicking the goal, but he was straight to, straight to Tommy Sparrow, which you know I think we get kind of constant effort from him, and he's just evolving his game. And oh mate, it's it's uh, yeah, it's D's footy. I think yeah. just that real team synergy, that you know, real you know, that motivated to you know to really drive the defensive game. Um, but then also those selfless kind of acts, you know, your blocks. Like um, you, you look at Cosy Pickett. I mean, you, you, across the year, you might not have had a whole heap of possessions, but we know we're going to get constant effort, pressure in the footy um, for our defence to set up to get those intercept marks, etc. Um, it's um, it's a good thing to uh, to be instilling into our football club.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Is that is that your dog taking a drink out of a dog bowl at the back there? Is that what the sound? Um,
0: yeah, I kind of was just in my own little world, trying to
1: <laughs> just just chat away. Louis just, just jumped in, marveling.
0: But Louis just decided. He said, "Look, I can read that. He's all for it. He's on the D train. The old yeah,
1: Louis. is he? Is he? Um, is he sipping a uh, uh, citric Cold IPA? Is he from Hoppen? Is um, he? <laughs>
0: well, he was drinking from. He was drinking from the uh, Attention to Detail mug, which you can find at all your oh, local. Oh, very good. Uh,
1: <laughs> or your local nah.
0: wet you? <laughs> some local AFL stores uh, <laughs> Now nah, he was straight from the bowl um, nah, there I you go. Get some D stickers on the forum. yeah yeah absolutely
1: I think yeah I use that word synergy and it's still it's one of those you things should... that's sorry cohesion Cohesion? oh no heaps of words and if we want to we can we can use lots of synonyms if we want if we can i can go <laughs> look up thesaurus.com and we can keep going with those words but i think just watching this group evolve over the years they are they are so in sync with each other that they know mm. where somebody should be at all times it comes down to like you mentioned, the Sparrow one, which has been yeah pretty well highlighted now uh, by you know the Channel Seven commentary now. My like Goody had a bit to chat about it at the end of his almost the end of his press conference, and it was great to sort of see like talking about. There, the, they are the things that they're going to show at the Monday review. They are the things that they're celebrated. Cozzy talked about it as well too. Uh, those little one percent things, and I suppose when you feel like that, we've probably perfected. I don't say perfected, and he says we don't strive for perfection but when we've got such a strong backbone in the key pillars those little things are just what kind of ties everything together and that was like that missing element that we had probably from 2018 onwards where we had so many good things going on but there was just something missing and i think you know the term selflessness gets thrown around a lot and i know we're so used to hearing it now but seeing all these players how desperate they are to do those little things. We talked about Langdon's, you know, James Jordan's efforts running from half forward to half back just to make a spoil and how much they all get around and celebrate each other. It's just to see that that's what these players value. That's exactly what's going to continue to drive us to further success. And it's not just going to be last year and look, whatever happens this year is this year, but we can be confident in this group that it's going to be sustained success for the next few years, I think. And that, those things are so crucial for that, for those players to have the mentality. I wanted to point out, we love Neil Bullen, but even like we talk about selfless things, he was quite busy early on. But I just, one thing that I probably picked up watching on Saturday night, he's probably, along with Viney, the player that knows when to absorb the tackle and, and grab the contact and, and sort of you know create a stoppage from that. I think that, He's so good in so many different aspects of the game, you know, whether it's forward pressure. But I thought that was one thing that I noticed probably at least multiple, you know, three, four times hmm. where he knew that he was getting closed in by defenders and he knew that he wasn't going to get pinned for holding the ball, but he just was able to either you know, create a stoppage by going to ground or just holding up the ball. And I thought that was really important. Just that really. Smart decision making and we love him for all the things that he does but I just that was one thing that really stood out to me as well too and I think um well, I talked about Vine as well too and I think you and me were just chatting about it before I think that more needs to be said about him this mm-hmm. this season don't you think he's sort of I hate to say he's flown under I'm the radar, under the radar a bit.
0: Yeah, he's our I'll, co-captain I'll, he's been solid he's, he's complete he's, the way he's playing is just constant consistent effort it's, you know, it's some, someone that we know what we're going to get now. And I think, I, I actually, I'm, not, I'm noticing his kicking has actually gotten better. So obviously his work is his kicking as well. Especially his entry inside 50. Um, but it's funny how you say about absorbing the tackle because it, it allows us to reset and obviously get full use of, you know, your Jackson and go on into the ruck, which is really crazy that you bring that up because the guy I went to the footy with the footy team, he said the exact same thing about Nibbler. He's mm-hmm. able to absorb pressure, to allow us to reset, which is, you know, it's something that does go underpin because, you know, how hot the AFL is with the holding the ball, ball rule. But, yes, picking the time to do it has been, you know, yeah, something that has – you know, you don't, it doesn't really go and recognise, you know, in your stat sheet. But, again, those little one percenters that are beyond, you know, your spoilers, et cetera, um, goes a long way to your team winning the footy. Um, Tim, let's talk about the third quarter, mate, because that was – that went from me being – we had a 2 out of 10 in terms of excitement level to 10 out of 10. That was... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That reminded me of... Do you remember what, I think we kicked 12 goals in a quarter against oh, Gold Coast, I reckon, about five or six, seven mm. years yeah. ago or so. We were just piled on in the last quarter. That reminded me of that day. The last...
1: The, yeah, the fourth God, the, quarter. I think it was the quarter. fourth quarter. Yeah,
0: yeah against... Rings so a bell. I can't ago. say. Yeah. Um, And... Oh, it was just flat out D's footy. That I think we got probably seven or eight goals from turnovers, which was, you know, <laughs> I mean, if we're causing that sort of you know trouble for the other team, it's got to be, you know, absorbing it. I think you wrote down here 112 disposals in the quarter. Yeah. Um. For ten for ten goals, it's it was insane. You know, that 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 screams pressure footy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those turnovers were happening, you know, high half forward, you know, just just forward of centre roughly and it was just yeah they couldn't they couldn't stop it because as we mentioned like the first seven minutes of that quarter were you know reasonably even like Giants had had a pretty decent second quarter you think about that they won that second quarter was it three to one three to two whatever it was they kind of got themselves back into the game and I think we traded goals early third quarter before yeah before the onslaught sort of happened and it was, yeah, <laughs> very, very eerily uh, reminiscent of the grand final in that sense of, of just how quick it happened because it went from being a game that was relatively hanging in the balance, like Giants were certainly, as we mentioned, you know, matching us in contested ball or more than matching us, beating us in contested well on top of the clearances. And uh, speaking of clearances, I thought Matty Flynn uh, did a pretty good job as well too as a ruckman. We, we talked how disappointed we were that Big he wasn't playing, but I thought he played pretty well as... As a uh, yeah, as the ruckman for GWS, but I thought yeah, once once that onslaught sort of happened, uh, yeah, it was just all over Red Rover. <laughs> you could just see the looks on their faces. Like, looking at, like, what has just happened? Like, what do we yeah. do?
0: <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. What do we do? Look, look, mate, look, this next person is someone that we labelled on as one of our, you know, most underrated. The Spargo Award from last year, mate. And I'll tell you what, this guy is starting to get the recognition, which, you know, obviously his D supporters and in-house we've been able to give to him a lot. And for now, for him to be recognised outside of Melbourne, you know, it really is a true testimony to it you know, to his work ethic, especially, you know, 2018, it was, you know, it was his first year, first year, 2018. He, kept his spot. he probably played maybe 12 games across the year. And in 2019, 20, he was, you know, probably someone that, you know, probably deserved to get dropped a fair bit. I don't think he was playing his best footy. But then from last year and this year onwards, he just keeps evolving um, in front of our eyes. And for someone of his stature to do what he's doing, it's... um. Yeah, it's pretty unreal because him getting up and down that ground, you know, doing all those little
1: things is, um, yeah, it's great to see. It is, it is. And yeah, you mentioned we've been a fan of him for a long, long time and he's been understated probably throughout the league. But you know that he's been celebrated and very much appreciated within the club and within Demons, um, you know, these fans all absolutely love him and what he does. Probably more so that he got a bit more of the ball was probably one of those things where yeah you know, might have caught the eye of the commentators, but we know how smart of a footballer he is, like and his precision kicking, his ability to be able to hit a target inside fifty and just make the right choice as well too. He seems to have so much time around him, and I think mm. now I'm not comparing him to Scott Pendlebury, but you know that it was always one of those things that came up when Pendle's always had the ball, and so he seemed to yeah like he just always seemed to be uh, you know moving. Moving so slow in slow motion, sort of thing, and, and having all the time around him, and he could do whatever he wanted. Spargo seems to be able to, yeah, maneuver his way around and being able to find a target, get himself out of any sort of situation whatsoever. And you see him all over the ground, like, and a lot of our players do do this as well, too. You know, moving from half board to half fact. Oh, my goodness, half board to half fact. That's the first, swap the rounds, half forward to half back. It's yeah, like it's great that he's getting some external recognition, but I think it's for us, it's and for the team and for the players and for the coaches. It's just him doing what he does, and yeah, we great for him that he's getting some external help, but uh, I think yeah, it's just just him. Sparks being sparks, and yeah, there's a reason why we had the award named after him last year, and and continue to see him progress and. Like, great to see him get on the scoreboard as well too but he's just he's a crucial part to what we do and he's not in danger of losing his spot where as you said probably 12 months ago uh well maybe 2020 you certainly certainly be asking the question that's for sure
0: he underrated becomes the rated pretty uh pretty cool to see <laughs> um let's talk about a bloke that's just come back in which i i was actually really surprised by the selection we didn't call it selection into in the last week pod um, Harrison Petty to come in after one game in the VFL. I think he he's someone. If you're comparing Tomlinson and he, he can actually you know take that real high inset mark and take the foot at the highest point as opposed to Tomo, probably more so plays at Stephen May trying to you know really body someone. And you know, spoil first. Uh He's he just to straight back in seamlessly. Mate. He, I mean, you know, he might have fumbled the first, you know, contest he had, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to you he, having he a go like, at for riding the first. It was like the mate, first I, thing I, that I tell you what
0: I tell you what, mate. I I didn't even know. I didn't even notice it until you said it. To be honest, yeah. I think just more so, just you know, with those orange boots, I thought he stood stood out like dogs balls. And he, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, He just compl- he just complemented the other defenders so well, and. Yeah, I've got so much trust in him. Compared to what Oscar McDonald, you know, pretty similar builds. I think I've just got so much more belief when he's got the footy. Yes, he only had nine touches, but um, there were some solid nine disposals, and you know, five in the first quarter. I think just think he just yeah just got back into it, back at the swing of things. Didn't look like he's missed
1: much footy. Not at all. So he had what one game back in the VFL last week, and then he's come straight back in afterwards so yeah not not a lot of footy um in between where yeah recovering from that calf issue was i think it was bad corky in the end that they had to sort of get a quick uh, a minor procedure on so great to see him back it is it's well it comes down to that good problem that we have in terms of selection dilemma and, and having such a such a you know, clogged side with, with mm. talent and to be edging out players like Tomlinson and Tomlinson, even Joel Smith and Joel Smith, yeah. Well, he was it's fit. Crazy. He was imagine, fit to come in. Remember,
0: oh, just remember those days where we had bugger all key key position players. Now look at the problem we've got. It's. I know. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't speaking it? Speaking
1: of speak, speaking of key players, what did you think of Weeds' game? Well, you've
0: dived into a different
1: segment here. I of, have. I don't know. I have. You I have. have but look, I'm well, happy we, didn't, to talk. we didn't. We didn't. Know that, we didn't note it. We didn't note really it in our notes. So no, I, I thought. Haven't. I had it in my head, I was going to ask you about it, I thought, okay,
0: honest opinion. Uh, doesn't know when to time or when to go for a mark. He was going for absolutely everything in the air. I just don't think his cohesion with the forwards is there. I think, again, he constantly spoiled T-Mac, Dogger, Gorney. There was just, especially in the first half, it was just consistently just going for the same footy. Going back in the twos is probably the right move for Weeds. Uh, with Betty Brown coming in just to shore us up for such a big game coming up on Sunday. Uh, it, it's a hard one he's keep one goal it in is, two yeah. weeks he's look pretty sick I mean I'd love to have him in the side but I think just with Ben Brown waiting to come back in I, I think he'd be pretty hungry and pretty dirty on his act in the VFL so I think we'll see you know Ben Brown come in for Sam Wiedemann I don't know that's the only really thing I could see I think everyone else performed pretty well so yeah, yeah. I, unfortunately for him, I think he needs to go back. Unfortunately, I mean that's, that's just the, the way we are at the moment. We've got such a you know
1: a very good key forward in Ben Brown ready to come back in. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I thought he competed well, and I think this is probably something that <laughs> is synonymously did bring it to the it, ground. It it's synonymously it ground. known with what brings to the side. Now you think back two weeks ago. You think back two weeks ago to what he did in the Essendon game, and. I got that right, wasn't it? Yes, and again, kicked 4-3. Is four, that three? that game? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So where he clunked some marks there. I think he's always strong at the contest and he he's always being able to, and he can always bring the ball down to ground. And I think you're spot on with the moment with probably not having played so much with those forwards and not knowing when to hang back and when to fly and, and yeah, potentially crashing mm-hmm. into our other forwards as well. I think last week we talked about potentially is his position, not Ben Brown's position, but is it more Tom McDonald's? Now, I personally think that Tom McDonald probably just did that a little bit more on Saturday night, that I would say I'll be keeping Tom like, I think Tom McDonald getting involved the ball a little bit more, a couple of smothers, pushing a little bit like deeper forward, I think you know worked his way into the game a little bit more than Weeds did. Weeds is good taking up that high mark up the ground as well, and I think he got an early touch probably a first couple of minutes in, and I think that's always important for him. Bringing it back to Ben Brown. Ben Brown's going to be more of a scoring threat, I think, than Sam Wiedemann with the current forward structure. And I think that, yeah, I really think it's either Tom McDonald or Sam Wiedemann. I don't think that Weeds and Ben Brown are a like for like. Just given Brown marking the ball at the highest point is virtually unguardable. Like, he can't be stopped at that point. And we think that he's a more likely threat up forward to kick a couple of goals or at least one then probably Sam Wiedemann is with the current personnel on the team. That's that's probably where I'm sitting at the moment. And I think his work ethic can't be uh, understated. I think he works really hard and he competes really hard. And Goody's noted that and he noted that in the presser. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think that he probably does go out for Brownie. And I think Tom McDonald think... is just the one to put to keep his spot, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to try. I just think more so when Benny Brown... I think Ben Brown straightens, straightens up that little bit more. Um just, you, you just look at the games where Ben Brown's played recently as opposed to Sam Weederman. We look like we're not all flying for the same mark. We've got more, I suppose, yeah a bit more forward cohesion. you know, Tom McDonald and Ben Brown, you know obviously want to flag together, so they've got that ability to work together and same with Jackson as well. It's one of those things where yeah especially with Ben Brown that, that bulldogs game you played, like he was even you know at ground level doing damage, yeah. You, you don't get that from Wiedemann. I think when it hits the ground, Wiedemann becomes a little bit of a liability. Sorry to put you under here, Sam.
1: <laughs> but you're right. I think at, at ground level, Ben Brown has shown probably to the surprise of a lot of people, if not everybody, yeah. how skillful he can be, uh, not only in the air, but on the ground as well, too. So I think, yeah, sorry to cut you off there, but I, I, just something That's I was re-watching cool. it today. Yeah. So, um... That was something that sort of certainly stood out there. Yeah.
0: It's it's going to forever be one of those hot topics where, you know, what's going to be the right balance. And I think just the players that are in the best form, like, yes, I mean, women's kicked one goal in two weeks. Like that's unfortunately for our side at the moment. I mean, that is what's going to edge you out, unfortunately. Yes, I mean, Ben Brown obviously has, you know, stuffed up and got reported and stuff, but I think that's only just going to fuel this fire. So I think we're going to get real benefit from what, Ben Brown, it's happened to Ben Brown. Um, unfortunately for Weeds, I think that does happen. It's,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, quickly before we wrap up, I think just quick apologies for some things that we didn't write down. The Gorm, Gorm was massive. I thought it had an absolutely outstanding game. We talked about his creeping up forward, you know, being that legitimate threat down there, but also being yeah, very handy around the ground as well too. His, uh, his, his run around... From 50, is just becoming his signature, isn't it? It's his trademark it. now. He, he absolutely loves it, and you uh, can almost back him I love him when it. I love it when
0: he just stands there, and just like <laughs> give it to me. Just make
1: some noise. Uh, Not to uh... mention, mate,
0: I, there's one thing we also haven't we didn't pick up on, or we haven't said just yet, and that's keeping sides to oh, no goals three weeks in a row in the first quarter. Yeah, like there you go. Poor team defense, mate. That's yeah, one thing that. Um, yeah, we've got to be pretty proud of and then obviously that's really shutting teams down be like oh, okay yeah we're going to score so yeah. making them go away from the the way they want to play the score is completely perfect in my eyes
1: yeah and we also saw so Matty DeBoer played he sort of floated a little bit between oh, but he weird. didn't yeah, and then you had Lockie Ash kind of oh, playing a bit of a role on Langdon, it sort of seemed, a little bit on the wing. I called that. Times. I called that in the pod. You I did. called it in the pod. You did. So, to Langdon. Although Langdon still had... Yeah, Langdon 25. Yeah, still had a decent, <laughs> decent impact on the game. So, although him, he did kick out on the full. Oh, no, not quite on the full, but the shank that he did from his uh, set shot. <laughs> it was Ooh. almost out of the full. Remember no, we I talked remember about that. the out of the last <laughs> yeah, week.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. The guys with the footy actually had him for a goal his multi. He's no, absolutely shattered. Is it back-to-back it chances disgusting.
1: too? It was, like, it was like within a minute, he had two C yeah, shots. So that's right. but anyway, um I anyway. thought, yeah, Petraka would played you know not to the freakish first. No knee strap.
0: no knee strap.
1: That's good to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely no but, And unfortunately, and speaking of Langdon and Petraka in the same sentence, far out, getting that goal taken away from Petraka, he was absolutely gutted. It was <laughs> that's uh that's the next segment. Wrong segment. <laughs> Keep okay, going. I didn't I didn't we didn't write that down. Are you I, kidding? No. should be something we
0: should be pissed off about. Oh, of the goal from
1: 50-minute penalty. Oh, anyway, we'll get into that later. <laughs> anyway. Oh well, that's that's that part of it done. The, yeah, we have got a few things to talk about, but I mean, how many things can you be pissed off with the 67 point win, which probably should have been an 80 odd point win? But anyway, we're going to talk about some some things we've highlighted in our next segment. Pretty pissed off.
0: Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's, it's not good enough.
1: That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games.
1: All right, my so no break. We're going straight into it. Uh, first thing I'll first quarter, I think we've already talked about tonight. Just, again, just slow, slow to get on top of contested ball. Clearances has been an issue in the past, given the midfield that we've got. Why is it happening? We don't know. <laughs> we, we still can't find the answer, but yeah, it was sort of certainly. A, look at the first and a bounce. Matty Flynn taps it to himself, gets his own, uh, gets his own rove, and, and yeah, pumps it inside fifty. But yeah, so down clearances by twelve, almost at the end of the first quarter, uh, with six minutes to go, we were down fourteen to eight inside fifties. Yet we were still four goals in front. To zip like GWS hadn't kicked the goal at that point. So again, I, I, the inside fifties is probably not so much because we know that we can kind of. Uh, rebound from that. And that's kind of where our game plan can originate. And we score really quickly from that. But yeah, it just kind of highlights our efficiency. We're supposed to be talking about things we're pissed off at about. but <laughs> I think the contested ball was something that would have been addressed certainly at quarter yeah, time. Especially
0: with where we're probably up there with well, pretty much are one of the better uh, contested footy side. We usually do get on top of that area. So to see us being beaten early in that area, um, you know, cause a little bit of like, oh, what's going wrong here sort of thing. But, you know, to be to be able to work around that, I think, again, that comes with pressure and also attention to detail of our structures inside in terms of making teams go around the press or go around where we're setting up defensively to cut off that inside 45 kick, which obviously opens the ground up either left and right. So, um, yeah, to be able to be down in those areas but still be up four goals to nil on the scoreboard, I think you know, yes, it does. You know, you're like, oh, You know, can be a little bit pissed off as to why, you know, this is happening. But then again, you have breaks for a reason. And I think, you know, that can you know, transfer things, which kind of did. I think Giants got on double this in the second quarter. But, you know, from obviously from the second half point of view, we
1: were back on top in those key areas, which obviously transferred to the scoreboard. Certainly able to reset at those points. And, yeah, we're something, a habit that we're making very well ourselves in doing so so it's uh i think it's a i think at the end we might have lost by uh, i think well we certainly showed up the center clearances i think it was more the stoppage clearances we were still down by 10 or so towards the end there so uh, i could have i could have uh botched that up could be the other way around but it's definitely, certainly one way or the other and yeah the next thing i just want to quickly talk about as well before i get onto you your point jakey lever we love him it's great to have him back inside but far out there's a couple of points there where I feel like that he's trying to bite off a little bit too much, trying to dance around a he few is. too many people. And then he puts his teammates under absolute pressure about to get crunched from hospital handballs. I don't know. Is that just me? Are you saying that too? Because there was a I moment where... You know, yeah. the one to couple. He's, he's a little bit
0: out of whack, isn't he? I th- oh, more so, like, from a leadership when he doesn't have the ball, perfect. Well, when he does have the ball, he has been a bit sketchy. Yeah. Um, but they'll come. Like, the more the more games he gets back to himself, they'll come Something slight. Like. So... Something slight, like it's, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, I mean, you look at, you know, past past teams of D's, like forever being labelled to given to give bloke, you know, probably in a worse position, Clary being one of those people. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully he does shore that up if he does get more of the footy. Um, Also, to go with Rick Lieber, I mean, he is not taking any marks. Mind you, he was one of the best interceptors last year. So he's completely well down on that stat. So hopefully that comes back. But then when you have Maisie doing what he did, I think kind of covers for him let's talk about mine which is the goals from 50 meter penalties and i think like you look at what the umpires are doing like i don't know if they're just trying to get too involved with the game or just really trying to stamp out completely everything but you know you can if like i can understand if they're saying something you know you know if it's rude or if you know they are swearing or something but if they're just showing their frustrations in a way that isn't a huge impact and i think oh like I even saw one. It was right in front of me. It was on the half forward flank. When the ball ran out, Petrarca was complaining, it was getting hold. He pulled the jumper. He's like, well, "What's going on here?" Like I, don't, I couldn't point 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 exactly what he said, but you know, it was an instant reversal of, the, of to get to give the Giants a free kick. I'm like, "What the hell was that for? What did yeah. he do?" Yeah. He's you know, he's just putting his hands up. You see another one. Bobby Hill got a 50-meter penalty because I mean, I thought it was Rick Lever, but then you know, obviously, you're seeing on TV, you were able to see more. Um, it turned out to be Clary, obviously must have said something um,
1: just throwing the arms out it, again
0: it's it, it, yeah. it's becoming an issue i mean jack gunson today in the, in the Hawthorne Geelong game it's it's becoming a, it's, a, it's bizarre to be honest and i think it needs to be stamped out because i mean it's it's frustrating as yeah. as a as a as a mutual supporter of that game especially today it just it just threw me off i was like what the hell is this what is our game coming to? So hopefully something does get rectified during the week. And I was actually listening on SEN, uh today as well, Tim. That um, you know they're talking about the difference and shift in terms of what a full time umpire. So they actually do not only do it for part time. So they don't do it all week. We imagine if we had umpires that actually trained all week in preparation for the weekend, how much better. Um, that could be, yeah. You know, that could be something to look forward to the, for the future, and I think that's where women's footy will go too. You know, once that's you know instilled, you know, we're going to get you know stronger outcomes in terms of um, obviously women's footy and also umpiring.
1: I think I think that's a great point, and it's probably something that I didn't know or hadn't even thought about. But the fact of the matter is that. Yeah, if they're a, a kind of a part-time employee, really, they've only sort of got those certain days to, to sort of keep up with things around are only working. And I'll say that in, in, in the scheme of things. And, and, and we talked a lot about, umpiring last week but yeah the consistency i think would just be improved from that and i think umpires would have a better understanding of what there is they've got more chance to review things to be able to discuss things and have those conversations with the afl and with clubs as well too because no doubt they'll be asking questions and no i can guarantee you as you mentioned today and i was watching that game earlier as well too there's going to be questions asked after this round because we talked about this last week and we don't like to get caught up in umpiring we're not umpire bashing but the inconsistencies in what's happened so far this season would be incredibly frustrating and hodgie sort of said that and we and pretty much echoing what we said last week first three rounds they were absolutely stamping out everything exactly what we said and then well probably first two rounds plus the nab the it was more the verbal the pre-season stuff and now you're well, seeing the arm stuff and you're like what the hell's going on here yeah but like just there's just a lack of communication obviously happening between the umpires association and clubs and the way that rule has been interpreted because Hodgie put it perfectly. Like they've been, they slacked off on that for the last two weeks. And we mentioned this last week. And then now they've gone back to being the same thing. And what you brought up with Petrarca before and the whole, you know, like signaling, holding the jumper. And I think it was great because the umpires actually, the microphone picked it up and he sort of said, obviously the umpire said, oh, you can't, you can't do that. And track just said, look, I, yeah, I understand that, but can you just watch the hold? I think got a, there's got to be a reasonable, there's got to be a reasonable discussion about what's an appropriate response to or a query to a decision. And I think players have to be allowed to ask a question respectfully, of course. And we're all for respect for umpires. We're absolutely loving the fact that the game is getting on. We're not getting these long stoppages from a free kick that's being argued by a player, holds up for a few seconds. Like we're loving that it gets the game flowing, but. When the messages are being mixed and they're not consistent, that's where the frustrations are going to boil over. We talked about who's going to want to be an umpire. When those things are chopping and changing, it's going to be an absolute shit show between the AFL, the umpires association and clubs because nothing is clear. So if they're going to change something mid-season, they need to communicate that. So if it goes from being a hand gesture now to what we've seen, can't be done, right. Players need to know that because... The verbal thing is one thing. I think saying whatever it is, umpire respect, whatever, that's fine. All right. Now we're, we're understanding. Okay. Well, if that's a fact, you need to you need to umpire the exact same way. You need to adjudicate that decision from round six all the way to the grand final. Don't chop and change it because it's just going to mm-hmm. piss us off. Hence the mm-hmm. segment that we're on. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've got on a bit of a tangent here, but I, th- I thought that it's being noticed not by not only by us but by the media. It's going to garner attention. So. It's mm. I know that it's it's certainly not gonna go away and it's gonna be a topic of conversation probably for the remainder of the season, I would say.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, it's 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 gonna be forever one of those things where you yeah, sometimes they're gonna get right, sometimes they're not. And I think you know, we're just gonna live with it, unfortunately. It's a part of the game. It's you know, they're obviously trying as well. It's it's not an easy job to to be an umpire. You know, I've only ever done it really school level, and I think you know, I mean, it's pretty chilled there, but obviously when you get, you know, parents involved that are pretty, you know, pretty hefty and obviously, you know, obviously spanning off to, you know, you have to do different levels of footy, you know, it's different interpretations. And yeah, it's good that they're stamping things out, but yeah, there's got to be a good balance. So I think um, it was uh, just going back on the Gunston thing. Um, funny how Gunston was in the middle of the ground because the actual, the non fishing umpire, officiating umpire, the one in the middle of the ground actually picked it up. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it just, yeah. It's it baffles me. I'm done to be talking honest. about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. There's a fair bit to go around here about Cozzy, and I'm going to start it off in a little bit of a segue to you, which it's it's one thing we haven't a, I don't we, know if we barely or,
1: mentioned him tonight. We shouldn't. Well, no, We're but, saving, um, it for this. I'm
0: saving it for this, saving it for this, and then this kind of goes hand in hand. I think it's more so you just backing him in. So First of all, mine was to mine's probably pointing at the negative, which was Cossey trying to kick a freakish goal from the boundary when he had a clear handball forwards, and then oh, seeing Fritter just pointing him. I don't know if you saw it, but Fritter, Clary, got him as, an well, too. Fake. Clary just, as well, just yeah, straight at him. So I yeah. think, yeah, oh, I think Cossey's learned pretty quick. I think that goal he kicked in the third quarter, yeah, <laughs> just running through it was a, yeah, kind of um, yeah.
1: It was sort of made up for it, I think, in the
0: end. Yeah, let's, I mean...
1: talk about you. Go on, I, mate. Let's, well, let's just, just quickly to to answer to that. I, yeah, I, I can see where those players were coming from. I mean, at that stage, I think he'd already kicked his third goal or did he only kick the two at that stage? Two. He just it, kicked was the two. it was two.
0: This was in the second quarter.
1: So, I don't know. Is Christian Prataka also having a go at that goal, do you think? Now, the I know different. The difference
0: there, I saw the handball free to start with and, yeah. and then... You know, he did look for it and then he sort of steadied it, it himself. So, yeah. yeah,
1: interesting one. But, yeah, yeah it was um... maybe, yeah, maybe the stages of the game probably dictate that decision a little bit more. But again, young player, somebody that's going to learn from that. And I'm sure, yeah, it'll be a point taken to him by, yeah, by his teammates and maybe by his coaches. But we sort of know the magic that he can kind of produce. And we want to keep going with that because he obviously played an outstanding game and it was somebody that, uh, Got a lot of reward, I suppose, offensively for his effort. Now, it's been probably a little bit of a topic conversation. Not not majorly, but it's been creeping in about his form. And like we've probably touched on him probably at the start of the season and sort of mentioning, okay, not winning so much of the ball, but still doing what is required of him as his role in the team. And we know how perfectly he's been executing that. And his, his game is based upon tackle pressure that's all it like that's kind of he sees that as his top priority that's what he sees himself as doing pro- uh, providing that that tackle impression we know how hard he can hit geez he decks oh who was it he absolutely put someone on his ass with a nice front <laughs> as um, you're
0: talking i'm just looking to see how many free kicks he gave away there's a couple oh, down I the field have, was there no nah, three. I, yeah he gave away three, it really? three free kicks uh.
1: But yeah. still, he, he puts the fear in people's eyes and he even said, Definitely. I think he just gave one away and then he went to another contest afterwards and he, you know, he runs at him like he's going to take him out and then just like backs out like right at the last second. We love what he does for the team and I know that the team appreciates it and the coach does and the coach spoke about it after the game. But there's been a question about his form and obviously he got, I mean, two goals in the first quarter. It was a great start for him. Gets him involved a little bit more down the field and it probably looks better from an external point of view. But I haven't been loving some of this kind of yeah notion that he's been having a quiet year because he's been doing exactly what's been asked of him. There was an interview straight after the game on the Footy Club website, and Ben Gibson, the media bloke from Melbourne, was asking him about his form. And I loved Kozy's response because he literally said pretty much what I echoed just then in terms of, I'm just playing my role. Like, my role is tackling pressure. I think I've been doing that pretty well. We don't measure success in goals on the board. Now, it's great that he got three in the end and, and had a, probably a bit more of the footy than we might have seen in the last little bit here, but we can't, we shouldn't be questioning that. And I didn't probably like that people were questioning that because him kicking three goals doesn't mean that he's had a much better game than what he has this season. And Goody spoke about that. He said last week he had six disposals and eight tackles, and that's an incredible game for him. So I think we just have to be wary and I know you or me and the rest of the demon community aren't worried about his form, but I think other people just need to like kind of figure out, okay, what are you measuring success on actually? Because goals yeah. don't just mean that you're successful. Great. Probably, probably given that his rookie year, he was so kind of electric and probably kicked a few more goals. But now that he's mm-hmm. kind of refined his role a little bit at this stage, and he just sort of said, and we were chatting about it before, he's He's got his direction. He knows what he needs to do. And if he gets goals on top of that, that's almost a bonus, really.
0: I think the biggest thing for Cozzy
1: is he's evolving
0: his game in other areas, not just the attacking side, but obviously, you know, he, he does come with that real high defensive style game as well. So I think just trying to mould the two together and really evolve his game in more, than, more ways than one is one thing he's really, you know, striving to do, but also he's... You know, playing that selfless role in terms of you know obviously trying to put as much pressure and fear into the uh, the kickers or the hand, or the person with the footy his mind because you know if he's around then they're going to be like oh crap because he's around like what's going to happen you know yeah. is he going to chase me down is he going to you know make it hard for me to do something so yeah he's he's one that yeah we've we've highlighted multiple times across across the year and. You know, me personally, is my equal favourite player with Jack Viney, my doppelganger. So, you know, to see him, like hitting the scoreboard was really good to see. And constantly I'd grab the T-shirt because I was wearing it on Saturday night. Oh, that's fine. Constantly was just pointing to the bad boy and, oh, dear, I was hoping he'd come across to me. But, uh, yeah, no, he's one that's consistently... Oh, that that running goal is... The goal
1: is amazing. And Amazing. the follow up,
0: the follow up was the best part. So yeah, oh percent. Yeah, finish, finish as well, from like forty five hours on the run, it was just yeah, a nice, nice um, cream of the cake for his run there. So
1: yeah, very good. All right, last little thing. Watching it on obviously well on my phone, watching the TV coverage. First bloody highlight they show at halftime after a pretty dominant day's performance, even at that stage, was bloody Bobby Hill taking a mark like taking that specky on. I can't remember what it, was. it wasn't. Max Gorn for once, uh, but I can't remember like. Yeah, come on, get get your act together. Like that was it was clearly a demon's uh a demon's half a footy, much more dominant than what the giants were in as the first bloody highlight that they show of that. So no, nah, it's uh yeah, something real small. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember who that mark was on? I can't remember who it was. Uh, could have been Lever, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it was some, somewhere down the wing. or yeah, Rewind. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't
0: that good. I mean, it anyway, was right, but... For a 67 yeah. point
1: win, that was a heck of a lot of things to be pretty pissed off about. <laughs> I reckon we've had smaller things for worse games than that. So, anyway, but that's all done now.
0: Into what is something that we love to share, and that is formerly known as a Hop Hand Underrated Player of the Year. Now we have decided to make the move, and the move has now happened. Yeah, We're now calling it the Hop Hand Delightful Display of the Round. Delightful, Sorry.
1: not not enough emphasis on emphasis on the, uh, okay. on the puns there, mate. <laughs> All right, delightful de- display of the round now. <laughs> It is the
0: 3-2-1, so three votes for the best play judged by yourself, Tim, or myself, uh, two and one. So three being the best, one being your third best. Nah, that's far away, mate. Who have you got for one vote?
1: All right. So for one vote, I've got Alex Neil Bullen, pretty much echoing what I mentioned earlier. I just love that his efforts around, um, around the contest, knowing when to create a stoppage, and also his over the uh over the back handball to Jack Viney to to slot him for that one of those amazing goals in that third quarter I thought was fantastic.
0: Awesome stuff. My one vote goes to Sparrow now. Sparrow could have easily got more than this one vote, but there was others that just pipped him. Obviously that amazing tap harms like and also just the way he's just molding his game. I think it's he's um becoming a really good player.
1: My two votes goes to Charlie Spargo, I think. Just, yeah, played out of his skin. Probably played his best game of the round, of the year so far. Uh, of oh, his career, I reckon. Of his career, going that career. far. Going <laughs> career, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, again, footy IQ. Just knowing what to, when to make the right decision. Uh, his field kicking is just absolutely elite. And we, yeah, we love him. But, yeah, he certainly, certainly showed up and played a ripper game on Saturday night.
0: Great one, mate. He's, yeah, four. Feel like I've done him harsh here, but nah, my two votes goes to uh, Jack Viney. Obviously, someone that's uh, flying under the radar, and I think he really deserved the kudos again uh, this round, having the twenty seven and the goal. Um, yeah, that's one string to his bow, which he hadn't been done uh, able to do in his career, and that's kick goals and to see him kick goals um, week in week out now, which is uh, pretty good to see.
1: Definitely, definitely, and it's yeah something probably we haven't highlighted too much. His his sort of subtle move forward this year, and yeah, he just makes. Mentioned kicking a goal game this year and just, yeah, managing to kind of morph into that insider. Well, no, not morph into an insider midfielder. He's already a midfielder, but then, yeah, push being able to push forward but actually get on the scoreboard each game has, has been pretty amazing as well. So my three games, ah, three games, my three votes goes to Gorney. I think just backing it up from another solid performance last week, his ability just to get around the ground, be damaging up forward, kicking a couple of goals, but still being able to have his impact down back as well too. And as commentators said it, you know, the most dynamic and dangerous Ruck duo that the game has seen for a long, long time with Jackson. So it's proving just to being such a crucial element in our game. And yeah, he's he's absolutely flying after what we probably signalled as a bit of a slower start to the season.
0: Yeah, well he's constantly done that for years. He's always, well especially super coach wise, goes subpar nineties and then goes whack. Um my three votes goes to Stephen May. I think Stephen May really obviously he's one of those players that obviously is thriving completely off having you know the support and the correct support. Um, And his, you know, his disciples down there. I think he's able to play his game completely to the best way he can. And I think, you know, it's really showing with, you know, multiple twenty-plus possession games and, yeah, being really able to impact aerially. And I think that uh, will go goes a long way to us winning games.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice one. All right. Well, we will update the tally board. We so just. Just a little disclaimer for that. The three, isn't necessarily the, like, might not be the person that got the most disposals, might not be the person that kicked the most goals. It's just in our who, our eyes, we think that, yeah, really stood out for us on the game. So, yeah, obviously it changed around a little bit this season, but to make it easier on ourselves because we'll find it pretty challenging having yeah. a team full of superstars to make somebody underrated each week was pretty tough. Yeah, so exactly. all, all points are still going to be valid and, uh, yeah, we'll continue on with that. So thanks to Hopin again uh, for their support, but... That is our hop delightful display of display of round five. Thanks, Simo. Alright, Simo, well we are the podcast for D's fans by D's fans, and we wouldn't be here without our loyal listeners. And now we're gonna hear their thoughts in our next segment, Fugazi. People are only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi
0: best uh,
1: Mackie McConaughey impression from the Wall <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't, but it's uh, it goes something like Fagazi, it's woozy, it's a <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright,
1: mate. Well, plenty of things to talk about. Plenty of talking points from our big Round 5 Easter Saturday win against GWS, but Now, we're going to hear from our fans. Our first one that we've got, talking point, is from Lou G. Carter on Twitter. She says, I want to know, when people say we went up a gear, do they mean we suddenly tried harder or the team got on a roll or the other team (laughs) tired?" Man, I don't know. I I thought that was an interesting one. When we went up a gear, we would probably argue that we've been sitting pretty pretty in second gear. Yeah, pretty pretty in second It's like we
0: do have gears, doesn't it? Yeah, we just so like know when we flip the script, it's just yeah, just
1: pile on a bunch of goals and was it Kingy game, that said yeah. Was it Kingy that said that we've been running at seventy yeah, percent? Yeah, and no, no one can Kingy. beat us. So no, we're certainly not playing our best footy, but we certainly know yeah, when to be able to flip the switch and being able to put teams well to the sword for like that first time this season. But we're just yeah, finding different ways to win. And knowing that the whole season it's a marathon, it's not, not a sprint. Premierships aren't won in round five, six or seven. So they're round. These were right on track to do, to do that and sustain success for this season and, and look at the long game.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think you know to be labelled as seventy percent and still be five and zero, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty exciting to hear that the fact that we haven't gone anywhere near top nine. Right?
1: Four of our five wins have been against top four sides from last year. So like even though they might not be performing as well. Like you look at Port, 0-5. and five. Bulldogs. Bulldogs, not doing very well. We still played, we, we would like yep. to think. Giants again,
0: semi-final. Giants yep. made the semi-final last year. So yep. next one comes in from Brendan Waits. He's come in to say, the way these blokes have evolved under the team first mentality, it shines through at every contest and in particular when a match tightens up. The belief in each other is so good to see. 100% I think we've laboured on it a lot I think just having that real team-based mentality enables us to perform at peak and I think you know we've only just started. we're only just starting to see it and obviously it's going to continue to grow
1: yeah and I think you just you have so much more confidence as a supporter to like know mm-hmm. that we can pull out in tight situations and it's something that, yeah, a few years ago, we certainly wouldn't have wouldn't have said that about our team. So no, absolutely nailed that there. Our next one we've got is from Scrub 64 It says, I was really impressed with Spargo's game. He's an incredibly smart user, but also puts himself in a great position to be an outlet for his teammates. And again, I talked about Synergy and about the players knowing where everybody should be. It just amazes me that when players get into a tight situation, and probably a lot comes to like Langdon, Brayshaw, Spargo, those players on the wing, when they kind of get cornered in a spot, they just know like whether it's a quick handle backwards or being able to find an outlet somewhere. It is that real evolution of this team being able to work together as a unit and use your word cohesion there. It really is a cohesive unit and the fact that they all, yeah, they obviously all know where each other needs to be. They've all got that game plan and that team first mentality. Because you got to
0: have faith to do, do, got to <laughs> have faith. This keeps ringing through my mind, just having faith <laughs> in these players. Because, yeah, again, they can just, yeah, cease to amaze us. Uh, next one comes in from Sally Hep. Uh Love seeing Petty back, slotted back in like he was never out of the side. And look, I labelled on him as well before, <laughs> I think. Is that like yeah, a just, is, that, is
1: that like a shadow Instagram account from you, mate? It's exactly oh, the weird. No, well you... hang
0: on. You had Spargo first and you gave him two votes and then I've got Petty. So I think just yeah, it just constantly just saying to us, and we've got great supporters that are thinking well or like us.
1: Yeah, it's very clear that uh yeah, at least, you know, we're just a couple of footy naffies that are <laughs> talking on a talking on a whatever it is what is it monday night Easter monday and people are listening and obviously they're saying the same things as us so that's always a good sign so awesome well thanks to all of our listeners and thanks to those people that contributed to the talking points for this round uh we're we're pleased with where we sit we understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing but we also want to just take it you know one week at a time and coaches say that a lot and, and people and it's just the reality you can't look too far ahead
0: Oh, mate, it is that time. And that is that time of one week at a time. i tell you what, mate, what an occasion. It's personally my favourite game of the year. It's probably the biggest game we're involved in and yeah, probably you know, tossing up with Queen's birthday, but Queen's birthday not happening with a big freeze in the last couple of years. So Richmond, Anzac Day Eve, buddy, what's, uh, what's your feels like this? I'll, I'll let you go through what you're feeling for this game and I'll... Sort of piggyback off you, but what are you expecting here? You got the <laughs> put me on the bloody spot. But do you know what? You're I baby. thought I'd up <laughs> slightly. So you yeah, know, exactly. obviously, I'm a big fan of you know, op, you know, analysing the other team, being a super coach, naffy, etc. So yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to hear what you have to say first. Tigers two and three coming off a loss against the Crows, um which, mind you, the Crows are actually doing okay. So. You know, not as terrible as it seems, but amazing player in Dustin Martin still being, you know, the unknown about what's happening with him. It's, you know, it still poses a question, you know, what's going to happen? But there's some players that, you know, love playing against us in recent times, like a la Jack Rewalt, hate him. Tom Lynch, hate him. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Let's go. What have you got? yeah
1: I, look I, I i think the, the occasion is the biggest thing and you're right it's yeah. it's probably one of those games that i've always looked look forward to and it's been a bit of a tradition as with you and your family it has been for the last well probably since it's been going and it's it really is it's a tremendous occasion and i think like anzac day is such a it's such an important part of our history i suppose as a country and it's it's something that i think probably you and me as teachers have probably grown to appreciate a little bit more as well too but I love the atmosphere and, and probably the nighttime aspect. Like I've been to a couple of Essendon Collingwood Anzac Day matches and it is it's it is a great atmosphere, but I think the D's and Tigers have really molded this into a blockbuster that is going to continue for a long, long time. And it's just always a game and an event that I look forward to. And not to mention that we're catching up with Quinn and Marcus from the Pressure Point podcast beforehand because uh, we'll be teaming up with them next week. But... Get into the game yeah so tigers was probably probably predicted a little bit earlier this year that they weren't going to be as dominant as what they have been and we know that they are still very full of talent but in terms of where they sit in the balance of things a little bit unknown obviously missing a few key people the dustin martin thing's a really big one and you know you hope that he's doing everything to look after himself and obviously you know your health is priority whether it be physical or mental in those things so hopefully he's working through those things we have to be i think pretty cautious and pretty wary of them and i think we're we do a very good job of respecting our position it's something that they preach a lot within our club but i think looking at the way that they lost to adelaide uh what was it saturday friday saturday um Yeah, they're going to be hungry and I think they're going to be looking at this as an opportunity probably in years gone past, maybe not so much the last year. We've been, we had some early success when kind of Richmond were up and about or just before they kind of really hit their peak and we sort of probably weren't, we certainly weren't the better side, but we managed to get on top of them and then vice versa. We're obviously the hunted now, so they're going to be the ones looking to make a statement. They're going to be the ones to, to wanting to be, you know, the first team to beat us so far this season. They've got some still top end talent in their side. Like you think about players like Prestia, who's been still winning a lot of the ball, finally kind of getting over those niggling soft tissue injuries that he's been having, and having a pretty good season so far we know what shy bolton can do to teams we, we know how much that he can be he can win a game off his own boot so there's somebody there that you got to make sure that you keep an eye on as well too we talked about the matchups quickly where you know ben brown i think ben brown comes back in they've got that kind of switch play with you know they've been experimenting with bolter moving forward you know like kind of playing well up forward but then is he necessarily needed down there all the time like they've been throwing him forward mm-hmm. back I could potentially see him probably coming, moving back to play on one of our key tools as well too. They've obviously got Robbie Tarrant who's come in into the side this year who's playing probably on the foot on you know the opposition's best forward as well too. So I think maybe he matches up on Ben Brown or Bolter potentially with that. Mates, mate. What was really that? Interesting. Former team, oh, of course,
0: yeah, and Benny yeah. Marianne, so.
1: no doubt. And then you got kind of stalwarts like you know Shane Edwards, who seems to always, always sort he of. He always plays well against he, us. He does, yeah, he absolutely does. So, no, look, it's going to be a big occasion. You talked about, yeah, their forward line. You know, Tommy Lynch. I mean, Liam Baker's been pretty, pretty yeah, handy as well line. too. Uh being able to float up forward. Pickett's been playing not too bad as well this season as well too. So we met the well, bloke with the shit tattoos. The bloke, the bloke, the
0: bloke that tattoos. took a tattoo gun, The bloke that took the tattoo gun into, you know, into the, um, into the hubs for oh, the last couple. Is that of matter, years. Is that not
1: Parker? It's is it Castanya? Nah, no, no, I don't
0: know if you've seen his tattoos, but they no. are worse than the AFL.
1: <laughs> uh, disgusting. <laughs> I've got a mate who's uh, he's kind of friends with him at the moment because he's been doing a bit of chippy work at his house, and uh, yeah, and he has good things. I mean, I, I didn't. Didn't mind watching him as a neutral supporter because I love Seinfeld and, you know, everyone would call him Georgie boy, so there's always that kind of connection there. But, no, look, I think, yeah, there'll be certainly elements that we need to be careful of, and it's going to be a big occasion. Tigers will be looking to upset the apple cart, I think, against us, and we need to make sure that we rock up and, and probably play a full four quarters, which which we have been doing. But, yeah, we really need to be switched on. They're certainly going to come to the party and, and make sure they, they bring their best footy and, and make it a contest hundred percent agree. And I think the biggest thanks thing. Thanks for putting me on the spot by the way, you bastard.
0: Thanks, <laughs> uh, you've done well. I think the biggest thing for us is or in this game is midfield battle. I think Richmond's midfield is kind of not really depleted, but they're quite, you know, inexperienced in, you know, the Thompson Dows and I mean Jack Graham's still, you know, still quite young as well. So I think if we can really get a stranglehold in the midfield to really put their defence under pressure, I think they'll go a long way to winning this game. I think you yeah, Dylan Grimes obviously is a great defender. You talk about Bolter potentially going down back as well to stretch. I would more so to stretch against our defence. Broad as well has been playing good, good footy. But I think the biggest one that stands out for me, which we need to put some attention into, is Jaden Short. Jaden Short is probably, well, I'd say, probably been, well, especially on a Supercoach standpoint, he, he just racks up the footy. And if we don't, if we just let him do what he wants, I think that can, you know, it can make things a little bit difficult at times. So I think. You know, play like a sparrow, or someone, or harms potentially to to run around with Jane Shaw to really nullify his his um, assertiveness around the ground. I think that big penetrating kick, and you know, he you can you know, hit a target lace out 60 metres away. I think by really nullifying his impact, and also probably Tom Lynch is another one. Those two are probably the two big barometers in terms of the way Richmond are playing this year. And I think if we get a stranglehold on them, um, we'll go a long way to winning this game. Um, and the midfield battle, I think those two are the biggest ones. I think we can get all over Tobin and Curvis. I think they probably will go tall, and they'll probably bring a second ruckman in as well. So yeah, no doubt, it will be really interesting. Looking forward to the atmosphere. I think it's just amazing just being there, and you know how all the lights go off and the culture yeah. gets lit. I think it's you know it's it's my favourite game of the year. It's you know probably minus obviously the grand final last year. It's you know it, it was almost like a fire starter last year, and I hope it's you know again. You know, this in similar fashion. I mean, obviously, last year we were pretty much like an underdog. You know, obviously, Richmond coming off a flag and, you know, we're coming in actually paying about $3 to win the game. So to be able to, you know, to smash them and assert our, you know, dominance was um was awesome to see. And hopefully we do it again and, you know, just put these Richmond supporters to, to sleep, mate, for the year and just, <laughs> yeah, shut, shut up shop and, yeah, carry on yeah. our winning ways would be very amazing. I think. D's
1: by twenty one. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good margin. I mean, I, yeah, lots of things sort of around about the three four goal mark as well. Something, something looking around that. Talking about key matchups like May versus Lynch, obviously ex teammates as well too. It'd be interesting, always interesting to see oh captains th- even as well. Yeah, well that's right. They're both bailed. So <laughs> uh, no, it'd be no. Nah, looking really looking forward to the occasion. Who yeah, a right. really a really nice way to spend the Sunday and and yeah, hopefully we we'll can see the D's. Get up and about and get the win because yeah we've got a pretty favourable next few rounds in terms of like who our opponents are so we can really kind of. Kind so of down horse want
0: to travel on a ride right, actually I'm actually kind of concerned. Yeah
1: oh could. no 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 definitely and they pulled off a great win today against Geelong and I took absolutely every inch of pleasure of that because I hate Geelong. Uh, I hate Geelong was oh it I was really impressive game so. Ah yeah yeah well who what who would you rather? I'd rather Geelong. Really? Yeah, Hawthorne can go shove it. But they're like a completely different side. Like Geelong's still got those players that I still don't like, whereas Hawthorne are like yeah. a they new cause a bit more team. of
0: a threat, don't they?
1: Mm. Mm. Anyway, anyway, so... I think just a club in general. No, but <laughs> no, nah, nah, very much looking forward to it. <laughs> looking forward to... Yeah, looking forward to catching up with Marcus and Quinn, and good mates at that. Pressure Point podcast. And yeah, nah, nah, bring don't it want on. Don't see me. Not excited to see me i said we're looking forward to it. i said we as in we are uh, we're looking forward uh, to catching up with uh, Queen and marcus well, there you Not go me <laughs> you dickhead <laughs> everyone um, gets in the
0: corner for a couple before yeah yeah
1: <laughs> bookings under simo <laughs> number oh four oh nah, i don't know don't know, don't know it off by heart well played <laughs> well that's it for another week another podcast down mate episode 48 we are two podcasts away from the big five oh very exciting uh i just noticed yeah we ticked over to sixteen thousand downloads which is pretty amazing anything like kind of thinking about it and i'm super grateful for it it just baffles me that people want to uh yeah want to listen to us rant about footy and yeah no no super grateful for our listeners just a quick appreciation to everyone out there that interacts with the posts or gives us a listen because yeah it's it's good fun to do it's it's you know we don't get any financial gain out of this it's time out of our own schedule and family lives and all those sorts of things but no it's very much looking up to the 50 I think we'll have to we'll try and organize something special for that so that'll be good don't forget to subscribe to our podcasters you can find us on Spotify Apple or Google or any of your favorite podcasting platforms you can leave us a review or feedback you can find us on Twitter at a double T N to detail Facebook or Instagram. You can shoot us an email at attention to detail pod at gmail.com. Simo, I will see you on Sunday for maybe what one or two beers. You're playing on Monday, so you can't, um, can't have too big a bigger one. So, oh man, it's a big weekend coming. you got, a, huge you got a big weekend, going on. So. Yeah. Big going
0: on this weekend, but um, yeah, we'll be there with bells on. It's going to be amazing to see the atmosphere. And like you said before, it's a family game for me too. So being there with my two nephews, sister, and brother, uh, my um, brother-in-law as well. So, looking forward to getting my teeth stuck into it, and hopefully we are uh, knock the teeth out of the Tigers.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely. And who are you playing on Monday? So obviously, big game for you on Monday.
0: Yeah, well, it's actually a part of the schedule now. I think for years to come. So, um, funnily enough, we actually actually had Quinn commentating the game last year, where it was complete fog, especially in the uh, from the late stage of the third quarter into the fourth, it was just, you could barely see 15, 20 metres ahead of you. But luckily for this year, it's at our home ground at Upway. So very good. Um, it'll be Upway, up us against Alinda again um, on Monday, which would be an awesome circumstance. And I think that's, you get a little bit 10% extra just knowing, you know, how much in the significance um, behind Anzac Day brings and obviously um, having some family ties um, to what it brings as well. Yeah. Um, really hits hits at home so yeah given that little bit extra 10 percent and that extra feel for anzac day
1: it's uh it's a
0: special occasion
1: now awesome mate. now look forward to hearing about it next week thanks to all our listeners thanks for listening and most importantly go go dees